Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I gave you a way out, and you insisted on going to that meeting. You didn't do that for me. You did that for your client. What difference does it make? It was a win, goddamn win, and you shit all over it. And now I'm saying I'll take it. Yeah, well, it doesn't work that way. I'm here as a courtesy. You're only here because you lost. Harvey, I'm... Enough. That company's fate is sealed. It always has been. And the next time you walk away from the table, be prepared to walk away from the table. Suits season four, episode two is over. And if you want to hear us talk about breakfast, lunch, and dinner, then suits yourself. I'm Rob Sestrino back here with the guy who eats podcasts for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? Rob, I'm good. I just got out of a breakfast meeting myself, so I'm feeling really oh, good about nice. this. Very nice. That's nice. Yes. Yes. Okay. Breakfast was lovely. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here we are to talk about, boy, this uh, Harvey and Mike stuff is really boiling over. Yes. We have a house divided, Rob. I mean, this is, this is good stuff. Are you rooting so- for one? Are you Team Harvey or Team Mike? I think I'm Team Harvey. I think I am. I, I don't know. I just I'm more inclined to root for Harvey here because I think that Mike is getting a little too big for his britches yes. in a couple areas. You know what I'm saying? I think he's starting to fill himself a little bit too much. Uh, you know, and so I I'm I'm looking for Harvey to put this away, you know, maybe get Mike to settle down and then come back home to the firm. Ah, now, don't get me wrong. I am not a fan of Mike Ross pretending to be a lawyer, but he's doing that anyway, even as an investment banker. Yeah, yes. So, yeah. So it's not like he can't come back home to Pierce Inspector you know, or whatever and one day be Pierce Inspector Lee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. Mike is playing a dangerous <laughs> game when he's like challenging Harvey as a lawyer, where like, I mean, I feel like that Harvey is lately. He's not even a real lawyer. <laughs> Oh, it's on the tip of his tongue. You know, Harvey is dying to be like, what do you mean you make yeah. emotions, sir? You, I, you don't make emotions. Hey, lawyer. I, he was not wrong. Mm-hmm. He was not wrong. Uh, but yeah, this episode, Mike is very much like, you know what, Harvey? I'm going to show you. Um, you want to try and play me? Let's let's take it to the mat. 
And uh, Mike pulled some good moves here. There was a, uh, some pretty fun scenes where Mike and Harvey uh, with the with the judge even where um, Harvey is like, I might be in the wrong here, but I'm just going to try to distract you from the facts. And Mike Ross, knowing a lot of Harvey's moves, he's, you know, one step ahead. And he's kind of, you know, keeping on track and not letting Harvey scare him with a bunch of the smoke and mirrors. It was fun. It was a little cat and mouse going on in this episode. Yeah, definitely uh, some cat and mouse going on there. And definitely as uh, we have the battle going on between Lewis and Malone also uh, some back and forth and they look like they're on the same side at one point but still there's uh, some drama to work out between Lewis and Jeff Malone uh, going on there not to mention the 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 drama of the uh, Logan Sanders and Rachel Yes, yes, yes. Now, we all knew this was coming. And, uh, you know, here it is. Logan Sanders and Rachel are now both aware that they are involved in this. Uh, Rachel goes to tell Harvey, as she should, that there is something going on, you know, that she had a pass with Logan. And he's already waiting in Harvey's office and him and Rachel talk. And he's very much in the like you know, Rachel, you know, I'm so sorry. I used to used to be a bad guy. I used to have affairs and stuff like that. And we get the flashback of Logan Sanders and Rachel and how they started. And uh, I think we've seen this before, Rob. It's uh, very much deja vu here when it comes to these uh, adulterous relationships. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that I feel like that, that didn't really play into too much of um, where when... You know, Harvey's like, I don't care about it. But yeah, you bring up a good point. I th- I think the point you're trying to make about it, like Harvey, his feelings on adulter- uh, adulterers, is it maybe mm-hmm. like, but he doesn't really seem to get annoyed with like, he's annoyed with Logan for different things. But he's sort of like, I feel like his worldview is like, eh, none of my business. I don't care. But when it's a woman who's having an affair, oh, that he hates that. Yeah, and I'm not even sure that he knows that this was an affair, you know, because they come to him like, oh, yeah, me and Logan Sanders once dated. And Harvey's like, okay, are y'all going to date again? Like, are you about to date him now? He's like, no. It's like, okay, cool, move on. But we also know how he feels about cheaters. And I think that if it comes out to to Harvey that Logan Sanders was married when this was happening, when uh, Rachel and him started their tryst, then uh, I'm pretty sure he won't take it as well. Or at least... If he does, if he doesn't take it well, uh, that would make more sense to, to, than if he just blows it off. Because in the past, like you said, we've seen so much of Harvey being so anti this type of uh, relationship, anti this type of interaction. Like, you know, he normally has no room for cheaters in his life um, because of his own past. Um, but even watching Rachel and Logan, their interaction when they started their affair, well, you know, shades of Mike Ross. You know, she's like, uh, so you're in a relationship. He's like, yep. It's like, oh, okay, well, that sucks because if you weren't, we could have an affair. And he's like, yeah, well, I mean, I'm not really happy. And Rachel's like, cool. And then mm-hmm. next you know, affair. You know, um, Rachel be get looking for the go ahead when it comes to these things. He's like, I'm not happy. And I like, she's like, well, what if people find out? What will people say? He says, I don't care. And she's like, okay, that's good enough for me. And so, yeah, we saw that before. Uh, and now we're seeing that again. And so I'm really hoping that uh, that is not something that comes back to bite them in the end because they're going to have enough drama with Mike Ross as it is. Did you feel like that we needed the flashback? I feel like that. No, w- we got the flashback. I'm like, oh, here we go. Flashback episode of Suits. And you know, it was really just the one scene. It felt like they were trying to like show us that this is Rachel's fault. Like I, th- I really felt like the show was trying to show this as 
this man was in a relationship. Rachel was like, yeah, but but what about me? And he's like, yeah, I'd rather be with you. And she's like, OK, fine, let's do it. Uh, and I was like, you didn't have to show that. That didn't that didn't move the needle at all. Mm-hmm. All it did was make it look like it was Rachel's doing like like he had presented her the facts. I'm in a relationship. You're aware of this, but I'm also not happy. So you want to do an affair? And she's like, yeah. You know, and, so, and that was it. It's not like, why, why are you trying to make Rachel look like she's like a, like a homewrecker or something like that? Because I don't think that's a good look. Like, Logan is definitely as guilty as she is. And showing that makes does kind of paint this in a different light, as if she had every reason to not do this and still did it anyway. Um, and so maybe they're just trying to show that she's edgy. She said she says she's a bad girl, Rob. And uh, this is this is the proof. Yeah, I guess so. So, bad, uh, yeah, Rachel, uh, she is a baddie. And, and mm-hmm. also, I thought that something interesting in this episode was that we kind of got like a Lewis dream sequence uh, where that's something that is a little bit like unsuits like I mentioned I think it was the season three premiere that we got to see Mike Ross's dream here Mm -hmm. we got to see in Lewis when uh, he's being told that um, uh, he's uh, basically that um, we're seeing that is it that uh, Jeff Malone is being hired um, and uh, Jessica is telling him about that and he basically has this whole slideshow and he just is like seeing Jessica like mouth the words like you're a loser. You suck. You suck. Uh, you're awful. You know, yeah. Lewis comes in and he has his presentation ready. He has a slideshow. PowerPoint is on. Uh, he's got his uh, his his uh, easel and his like flyers. Each, each, each of the boards has like a different image of Lewis um, bettering Jeff Malone. Right. So they show Lewis as a uh, as a spider and Jeff Malone's a fly. I think at some point he's Perseus and Jeff Malone is headless Medusa. You know, so Lewis has already, you know, hyped himself up for this fight only to walk in and basically see Jessica, you know, telling Lewis that all of his efforts are for naught and that Jeff Malone is being hired as senior partner. So no matter what Jessica is saying with her mouth, all Lewis hears is that you're not good enough. You suck. Um, and that we're going with a better option here. And so, um, this is tough for Lewis. We know that he, he cares a lot about this and this is him getting passed over in his mind for a job that he should be very good at. And we've seen Jessica say to Harvey that he'll be very good at it. But just like Mike, um, Harvey doesn't really respect Lewis that much as a lawyer. So mm-hmm. he's fine with them bringing in Jeff Malone. Yeah. Mike is the one I think who's like all in the blender in this episode. He's got a lot going on because Mike is really fighting a battle on three fronts. One, you know, he's going toe to toe with his mentor. So he's kind of emotional about, okay, this is me versus Harvey and I have to beat Harvey. Then also he has everything that's going on with then to find out that Rachel, the love of his life, also the person that he's going up against is the person, the ma- the married man that she had the affair with. So he's got to prove also that he's better than freaking uh, Logan Sanders and is going to be needing to get like uh, get. Uh, emotional over that and then also that you have everything that's going on with jonathan sidwell that's like hey mike i need a win here you know at all costs so yeah stop being such a loser (laughs) basically who knew jonathan sidwell was such a hard ass you know uh he was always uh tony Tony g he would tony g he's gonna hire some like uh person who's just gonna be like a uh a softy 
Yeah, <laughs> Tony G doesn't like him soft at all, you know. Um, and so, yeah, Tony this, G should have cool. promoted this man. I mean, he's a hard. He should have. Yeah. Jonathan Sidwell is not taking no guff from Mike Ross, and so he tells him like, "Step it up. What are you doing? You're trying to get. You're basically trying to give to charity here, and I'm about making money. We're the bad guys mm-hmm. here, and we don't have any issue with that, Mike." And so Mike's going up against Harvey. Uh, he does uh, subpoena Harvey, and Harvey's like, "What?" What? What's happening here? Uh, is another moment where Harvey is eating a very bad lunch, by the way. I think he's at a, a food truck eating a bagel or something. He only has two speeds. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty food, much. Food cart and, you know, homemade five-star meal. <laughs> right, basically. And so uh, they get subpoenaed. Harvey has to go to court uh, with Mike. And, you know, eventually Harvey does this whole thing about trying to get this thing dismissed. Um, but Harvey has, uh, you know, broken some rules here. You know, he's violated uh, confidentiality. And so, you know, he can't lie, you know, under oath that he did this, but he just wants to do a little, you know, sleight of hand to make the judge confused to where he doesn't catch on that Harvey is um, is not on the up and up here. But the judge ends up saying that, um, no, nah, Mike is right. And that uh, Harvey's client, um, Logan, cannot even uh, purchase any more stock. Uh, for 60 days. So Micah has the upper hand on Harvey at this point in the episode. Uh, but as we know, these things shift because Harvey is Harvey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we go back and forth with Mike and Harvey and there's trying to be like some kind of like uh, negotiation. But Logan Sanders says like, I need to be there for the negotiation. Harvey's like, I know this is going to be bad. I know what Mike is like. And now I got to sit in the room with these two idiots. Right. It's uh, Harvey goes to both of his best friends and he's like, Mike, don't do this. And Mike's like, I got to do this. I'm a grown man. I'm, I'm a man. I can I can handle this, Harvey. What what about me leads you to believe that I wouldn't be able to sit in this room while this man takes, uh, you know, digs at my uh, girlfriend. And Harvey's like, have you seen you? Have you met you? So then he tries to go to Logan Sanders like, Logan. I'm your lawyer. Let me handle this one. Logan's like, uh, nah, and missed the chance to to meet the guy who, uh, you know, who Rachel is dating. Absolutely not. And so it starts off pretty cordial. Actually, Mike and Logan don't know who each other are. Mm-hmm. They're familiar with each other's name, but they've never met. And so they do have a random encounter in the bathroom uh, where they're very cordial. You know, it actually seems like they would probably be good friends if the situation was Maybe. different. They have similar tastes. Yeah. Yeah, similar taste, and uh, they kind of got the same vibe. They both make their their pop culture references. Again, this is these these are the people Harvey mm-hmm. gravitates towards. Uh, but when they get in the office, like in the boardroom for negotiations, it does get a little dirty, Rob. It does because they're going back and forth. Where Mike is like saying, like you know, you're just used to nobody saying no to you. You're used to getting everything that you want, and Logan is like, yeah. I nobody ever does say no to me. That's right, Mike. That's right. I'm used to getting <laughs> what I want. I'm used to like making a deal and picking it up, and then I I pick it up and then I flip it and reverse it, Mike Ross. <laughs> I get yeah. all up in these deals. <laughs> yeah, um, Mike's like, look, this time you're not getting your way, Logan. And Logan's like, oh, if I want something, I can have it. Especially if I've had it before, you know, like I, I'm good to yeah. go get it whenever I need whenever it. Whenever I and need Mike's it. Like, right, Mike's forget like, it. Yeah. Mike's like, look, 
you're not getting this because it's mine and I ain't going to let you have it. And he goes, oh, nah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to strip that baby down, turn it over. And I was like, oh, Logan, what are you talking about? Mike does a move we've never seen through four seasons of Suits that not the Boulder Slam, he takes the papers and just throws them into the air. (laughs) He fed up. Like it's a college graduation of paper. Yes. Wow. Never <laughs> Fools worked. out for some leaves thirty you know? million dollars on the table. Nah, at this point it's personal. He throws that folder up in the air, like you take your thirty million dollars and you shove it, you know, because man, Logan Sanders, we talk about the entendre. Donna's pretty good. We saw that uh Stephen Huntley was really good at this, but Logan Sanders might be in another league because he made this uh negotiation about this company. Very sexual and uh, completely about Rachel Zane. Uh, he is alluding to the fact that if maybe Mike Ross is comfortable with Rachel, he shouldn't be because Logan Sanders is about to take this company. And if he wants to, he's going to take your girl, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's going to do some despicable things to her in the best way possible. Uh, and so Mike is fed up <laughs> the paper throw up into the air. It was dramatic. It was very flashy. I appreciate the move. But those are kind of childish. You're a grown ass man throwing papers in there yeah, like I'm never done. Seen like, it. You've never seen it before. <laughs> like grow up, Mike. This is not. This <laughs> is it's a little embarrassing, but also he has a flair for the dramatic, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully Rachel didn't have to like then come in and clean up the papers also on the floor. Right, Harvey's like I get my associate in here. <laughs> um, well, that's a good point because when we see Rachel again, she's like, "So, Mike, anything you want to tell me about?" Any negotiations you have with uh, Logan Sanders? Mike's like, no, no, nothing happened. Um, nothing, uh, nothing to speak of. Nothing to report. She's like, so you didn't storm out of the office, leaving thirty million dollars on the table, and also throwing your papers up into the into the air like a child. Mm-hmm. Mike's like, oh yeah, I did. Yeah, that that happened. That happened, but it wasn't personal. It wasn't personal at all. Yep. I promise it was just business. Yeah. Okay. And so Harvey is like, okay, well, he just gave the whole game away. And so that he goes and meets with, I guess, uh, this uh, Teamster guy and basically uh, revealed that that he's got like this big nest egg, uh, the, the person who was uh, Walter Gillis, that he's working on like some big project. And actually that money could be used to fund the Teamsters union pension. Yeah, the pension. Yeah. And so um, this uh, Harvey's like, look, what if I bring you five hundred million dollars? Like what? Five hundred million dollars. Like, yeah. But like, what if you used half of your bill, your half billion, basically, and and we funded your pension with that? So the other half will go to your union, um, you know, because Walter Gillis supposedly cares about this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you block this vote. Uh, then, you know, we'll toss this money your way and we're going to make things happen because Harvey cannot invest anymore, um, but he can try to flip basically this board, right? And so he goes and does this and it works. It works. Harvey has the upper hand and the only way that they're going to be able to to outdo this is if Mike gets Walter Gillis to uh, commit to the same thing, right? To fund the pension. And we know that is going to be pricey because Walter Gillis actually wants to expand into Asia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, some imperialism going on here by this uh, mom and pop shop Walter Gillis is running. Uh, but he wants to expand into Asia and he can't do that with uh, missing $500 million. And so uh, 
uh, Micah has a big ask in front of him. Yeah. And so that the Teamsters are now going to be going towards uh, the Logan Sanders offer. And then meanwhile, Mike also gets reamed out by Jonathan Sidwell about like, uh, you idiot, like uh, you left $30 million on the table. He's like, I'm trying to close this deal. He's like, no. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, that uh, that I, you t- I told you to stop hitting singles. This would have at least been a double. Go get that money, right? You moron! Like, I thought you, wa- I thought you wanted a home run. He's like, look, I want something. Mm-hmm. You know, I want something. I'd rather have a double than nothing. Yeah, he was like, like here's the thing. Jonathan doesn't care about Walter Gillis at all. He's like, I did not get into this business to help people. Mike apparently has a bleeding heart and he wants to do all this stuff for people, but that has nothing to do with me or why I hired him. He said, I don't care if they use Walter Gillis's head as a paperweight. Uh, like, I want this company, okay? I want it. Uh, and now you got to go flip the head of the union vote back in order to get it. And so they promised half a billion dollar donation to the pension fund. And unless Walter Gillis is going to match it, there's no way it's going to make that happen. And so either go get that $30 million or find yourself another job. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that Mike has to go back then to uh, Walter Gillis and uh, says like, Hey, look, we gotta, we gotta fund the pension. And then Mike also has like a tantrum in front of this guy. He's like, he's like, you're being, you're being an old, like you're an old, like naive child. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God. You're like you're a dirty old man. Grow up. I was like, Mike, what are you yeah. doing? Stop. I think, he, yeah, I think he called him a, a, a naive old man having a tantrum. Yeah. It's like, and it's like, like Mike meat kettle. <laughs> right. Mike, you might not be old, but you are definitely naive and you've been throwing tantrums all this episode. Uh, but this is the tough love that Walter Gillis needed to hear. I really thought this was Mike's mistake, right? I thought Mike had screwed up. Like, uh oh, yeah. now you've let the facade go that you are like someone who cares about this man and his company, and that you're just throwing a fit because yeah. you're not getting what you want. But Walter Gillis took it as, huh, you're right. Like, this is the hard truth: is that they're going to sell this company and they're going to rip it apart for for parts, and there's nothing I can do about it. And dry, by maintaining it the way it is, it's just prolonging the inevitable. So at least we can do this and live to fight another day. But if not, they're going to take this company like now. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, Walter Gillis relinquishes. But at this point, him and Mike are in bed together completely. They have gotten to the point where, you know, like, He's putting all his trust in Mike Ross. And this move does work. This is exactly what is necessary to get that vote to flip back. Well, before that, there was the point where uh, Mike goes back to Harvey and is like, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I guess I'll take that, take the offer that you had. Yeah. And <laughs> earn that $30 million you mentioned. Like, uh, that, that offer's gone. He's like, I'll, I'll take whatever. So yeah. $20, whatever you got, <laughs> please, like, no. please, sir. G- you, uh, you lose. Good day. Um, you, you didn't, you, you threw the offer away. Remember you threw all the papers up in the air. That was it. He's like, next time yeah. you leave the table, be prepared to leave the table. Right. And for a second, I thought, Harvard is a little childish, you know, $30 million is $30 million. You won, get a man this deal, call it a day. And Mike is kind of looking at Harvey like that too. Like, no, Harvey, I'm telling Come you, on, you're my you friend. Win. Like, let me just. You're my friend. I'm about to get yeah. fired. Hook me up, yeah. you know. And yeah, and Harvey's like, nope, son. If you're ever gonna learn, this is how it's got to be, you know. Uh, and so, you know, it does feel like maybe there is a world where Harvey would entertain this deal, but the deal is off the table. And even if it wasn't off the table, the whole Mike thing, Mike throwing the papers in the air, going toe to toe with Logan Sanders. Yeah, Mike, 
the guy is not about to offer you an easy way out of this after you threw fi- like folder paper into his head, into his into the air in his face and stormed out of the room. Like you threw a whole tantrum, like the na- naive old man you are, and now you're you know finding out what it means when you piss somebody off to this extent. And so Mike's uh, up a creek. So that's when he goes to Walter Gillis and he makes his big flip. Walter Gillis honestly will finally listen. So once Mike starts, you know, yelling emphatically that he's here to help and that these other people are not, and at least he has Mike Ross on his team. Uh, so now they're willing to go to war hand in hand to take down um, the op- the opposing team, which is Harvey mm-hmm. and Logan and and uh, Mike's girlfriend Rachel. Yeah, um, and Mike goes back to Harvey and uh, tells him, uh, you know, about all this. Uh, Harvey has a kind of a, a smile at the end of this. Uh, did you get get the same takeaway where Harvey was kind of proud of Mike? Yeah, it like uh, the Buster kind of... Douglas to survive Mike Tyson's <laughs> onslaught. That was a hell of a reference too. You know, uh, he's like, yeah, I remember because we know uh, Harvey is a boxing guy. Yeah. We know um, he's a big Ali guy. We also know that he does box. But Mike says, you know, people keep getting knocked out by by you, Harvey. And I just made it to round two. And this is very similar to Tyson in that, like, Tyson was knocking people out. But then someone like uh, Buster Douglas, who came into, what, a 42-1 and one odds underdog mm-hmm. to Tyson, uh, he ends up making it uh, to round two uh, who against Tyson, who was undefeated. And he ended up knocking him out in the 10th round. And so Mike is like, yeah, you messed up because you let me get out of the gate. Now that I'm out of the gate, I'm coming for that ass. Mm-hmm. And so for, for Mike, he very much was saying, nah, you run up, get done up. And, and Harvey's like, okay, well, cool. Now I got a formidable opponent. Let's really play. Yeah. And so I think that's what it was. He was sizing him up and it looks good in Harvey's eyes. And so Mike is like, uh, yeah, remember what happened when somebody did get out of the first round against Tyson? And Harvey's like, yeah. But then whatever happened to Buster Douglas? Well, uh, I'll inform you, Harvey, that he happens to be on Cameo and you could hear from him if you have eighty five dollars. OK, <laughs> so, look, take that. The man is the man is on Cameo. He also is a champion. You know, he uh, you know, he did beat Tyson, who was undefeated. So, I mean, his legacy will live on. Now, people don't talk about him. People do not talk about Buster Douglas. That is fair. But also, um, this man here has made a name for himself. And so a lot of times it's not about, you know, the legacy that you leave. It's about, you know, those accomplishments that you uh, that you make as well. And so Mike is like, you're always going to be Harvey Specter. But let me be the guy who knocked you out yeah. that one time. I'll take that win. You know, uh, kind of kind of reminds me of that one guy who uh, beat Harvey in mock court or moot court or whatever. Yeah. You know, uh, it's like Gabriel all he Mark had was court, those... Yeah. Th- yeah, all he had was those 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 victories in law school, but he was holding on to them for dear life. And so letting Mike get out of the first round could be the downfall. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then uh, we still have a lot of stuff going on with Jeff Malone. And of course, Lewis is not happy to see him. And uh, they're sort of like uh, going back and forth over, you know, who's going to be uh, representing them in uh, different cases. And then they're going to work together on this one specific case uh, where they're going to have this deposition together. Also, uh, Jeff Malone has gotten the corner office, uh, the same one that Dana Scott had just gotten. And now it is open. Lewis uh, is very upset about that. 
and doesn't want to work with Jeff Malone. They have like a uh, a real back and forth over comparing each other to animals. Um, yeah, at some point, um, Jeff Malone is like, I'm not going to sit here and take this from some monkey in a suit yeah. or something like that. I was like, dang, Jeff Malone, you, you're cutting deep. Mm-hmm. And and, and uh, Louis Litz fights right back and says, oh, and I'm just not going to let any cock just show up in my office. I was like, whoa, crowing cock. Yeah, because the last cock that walked into his office, Rob, uh, learned what all the other cocks learned, that Lewis eats cock for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Now, who was that last crowing cock? Who was the last crowing cock I mean, that walked into Lewis's office? Was it Daniel Hartley? I, I, I wouldn't. I don't know if he was a crowing cock. No. I mean, I mean he definitely was a cock of yeah. sorts. Was it British Harvey? Yeah. Stephen Huntley. But did was Lewis? I mean, cock? Lewis was kind of like unrelated to all the yeah. He was in the dark, but just know whatever cock it was, Lewis gobbled it up and swallowed it. Okay, he he eats it for lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Was it Nigel? Did he did he swallow? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. He ate up Nigel cock. Did he need another cock name, Nigel? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, basically, Lewis is planting his flag and putting his foot down and saying, like, nah, you messed with the wrong one, buddy. Uh, you know, so it's now we have a good old-fashioned cockfight. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah, we could old ca- a fashion cockfight right here in the office. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, so a um, big, uh, big, you know, back and forth battle, but they're going to have to work together and they work together on a deposition and they actually completely like break a guy. Yeah, so they have to, uh, you know, put the sword fight to the end here, and uh, they they have to t- work on this guy named Todd Smith. So Todd Smith uh, is being investigated, uh, and uh, he had made some what is it, some purchases or something like, like that an for insider stocks. trading. Uh, but he then he right. the whole, like cockamamie story, um, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, um, he's a germaphobe, yeah. Rob, and uh, yeah, he says that. Basically, he comes in and is like, I did not do this. I I, I have no, like, it, this is not me. This was an accident, all this other stuff. Lewis and Jeff Malone are, at, you know, they're d- deposing him, but they're also kind of battling as well. And so Lewis is cutting Jeff off. Jeff is cutting Lewis off. They're in a whole shouting match. And Todd finally just kind of like has to interrupt and be like, whoa, whoa, y'all are trying to break me here. And um, <laughs> a very funny moment where Lewis looks at Todd and says, T-Dog, you got to be straight up with your homies if you want us to have your back. And then he turns his head and looks at Jeff Malone. And Rob, I really need you to go back and rewatch this scene because I think I think this is improvised. And Jeff Malone breaks because he just, he about bursts out laughing at the table. I do not know why Lewis started talking like a 90s rapper mm-hmm. in this moment. It made no sense. He does that sometimes. It, that is one of the things about Lewis Lit where he's like, yeah, I can keep it real. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> He looks like it looks like he looks at Jeff Malone like right. And Jeff Malone, his face is just like, I swear, he, I know this. Is, I I know in my soul this was improvised yeah. because he looked like I looked, which is like what the hell. Um, Sometimes yeah. there's like bloopers from suits, like that they, they put them out like in the DVDs. So maybe uh, one of the associates could see if we can find like a, did this come up as like one of the blooper real things. It had to be because T-Dog here does end up admitting what's been going on. He's a germaphobe. He has to wash his hands multiple times a day and they get really, really dry. So he puts on a lot of lotion and uh, his finger slipped on the keyboard and he hit the wrong stock. And so he didn't even mean to buy the stock that he bought. But then it skyrocketed and it looks like there's been some insider trading or something like that. And he just didn't have like the 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 like 
the nerve to tell people that, you know, like, um, I didn't really mean to do that at all. It's kind of embarrassing. Uh, and so this is not the person who wants to go to prison, Rob. He's not going to go to prison because he is a germaphobe and he's, he's not doing well on the outside. We highly doubt that he's going to do well on the inside. So this is the kind of thing to sway uh, Jeff Malone and say, okay, this guy's probably innocent. And Lewis is like, yeah, He's probably innocent, but also he can still get fired. He's still willing to have the recommended the company let him go. Uh, and this is, again, where these two people do not align, because whereas Jeff Malone was going to give him the benefit of the doubt and tell him to like that there's no harm, no foul here. Um, Lewis is going to be like, no, nah, even even so, this man is incompetent or at least clumsy enough to make a mistake like this. He can go. And so they still are not on the same page, Jeff and Lewis. Okay, so. Jeff and Jessica are not necessarily on the same page because they sort of like broke up at the end of the last episode. They were going to keep it sort of like very business. And so now he's at the office and now, okay, it's just a work thing. He has the new office and Jessica's kind of avoiding him. Jessica has a conversation with Donna and Donna is like coming in to ask about Okay, this new guy and Donna very quickly realizes, oh, my God, you're sleeping together. My Donna powers. I don't know what was wrong with me. And uh, Jessica's like, no, we're not. She's like, yeah, you know, you are. Okay. And then she says that Lewis needs to get the other office. Yes. Uh, That's, again, some great acting from Donna. I think that as like for as far as television shows go, Suits is like, so good at just capturing people's facial expressions as almost whole ass statements because yeah donna's looking at jessica and says oh my god you're sleeping with him and jessica being her boss's boss's boss you know like she's the the biggest boss here she's like donna i know you're not in my office talking to me about my love life and accusing me of having sex with one of the senior partners like how dare you basically that's the energy jessica's giving like donna you need to watch your mouth and donna is like no, nah, girl, you're sleeping with him. I know you are. I can tell. And Jessica's, we, Jeff Malone and I are not. And before she can even finish the sentence, Donna kind of raised her eyebrows like, you really about to do this? And she's like, you know what, Donna, you're right, girl. I mean, it was good. It was good while it lasted, but it's over. You know, it like she had to come clean. Um, I really wish I was that emotive to where I could get somebody to like, hey, stand down. I know what the hell's going on here. Uh, but yes, ultimately, Donna's goal is to get Lewis some self-respect because or some respect from the other people that they show their appreciation to Lewis because um, he very well could have fought against the SEC threat. Uh, but they didn't give him the opportunity. And there might be some favoritism going into this because of Jessica's proximity to Jeff Malone. So, yeah, at the very least, Jeff, Jessica can give Lewis the corner office that he desires. He might not be able to get named partner right now, but at least it'll show him that he is loved and cared about here at the firm. And so they oblige. Can you help me sort through, okay, like, could you, like, give me, like, the pecking order at Pearson Hartman? Okay, so Jessica is at is at the top, right? She's still, yep. and she's still Harvey's boss, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, still Harvey's boss, but only, like, by a little okay. bit, like, probably marginally. Can, can you help me sort out, then, okay, Harvey, Lewis, Jeff, and the aforementioned Dana Scott. Like, is there... Uh, is there a pecking order between those people? Well, I think Dana Scott's going Dana now. Scott, I think she's she, completely was, out. Were yeah. her and like with with her gone? Did Jeff just come in at whatever spot she was in? I believe so. Yeah, all senior partners get paid the same. And, and now Lewis, to, yeah. Lewis became a Daniel Hartman made Lewis a senior partner. Was Lewis the same as all? Were Lewis 
Dana and Jeff all exactly the same? I feel like yes, but I, I think that if anything, maybe there's something in the bylaws about seniority and and Lewis being there longer. But why didn't Lewis at, get the bigger office immediately? Like why was why was that office when uh, when Daniel Hardman left? Like why did the good office never go to Lewis beforehand? There was a lot of office shuffling. Maybe that it was Daniel Hardman left, but Edward Darby came in yeah, and got okay. that office right. So Darby had Darby the office had an in the office meantime. There? Yeah, no, not Darby. Well, did Darby have an office? No, I think maybe Stephen was- might have also been in that office. Uh, so maybe right, it was Steven, Darby's Steven. office, and then maybe yeah. Um, and so they couldn't get in there. Stephen Huntley, Darby, and Nigel probably like had some type of timeshare commitment to that uh, to yeah. that office. Then he was gone, but then Scotty was getting an office. Uh, and so, cause Lewis already has an office. He just doesn't have that office. Uh, Mike Ross even had an office at one point he gave it back. and he gave, he gave back his office. So there's been some office shuffling, but I think now was Lewis's play to get to that corner office where the name partners be at. Mm-hmm. And so, um, he was making his move and it just didn't work out, you know? And so eventually Lewis, uh, Lewis does get the office, but it's because Donna, you know, kind of pleads. Mm-hmm. And also, um, it doesn't hurt that Jeff Malone's office is now going to be directly next door to uh, yeah. to okay. Jessica's. All right, and so we'll see uh, where they go. And also Lewis and uh, Jeff Malone, it looked like that they had like worked it out, but no, they're still actually uh, rivals. Yeah, they're not on the same page, which I mean, no one's surprised by that. But they did have a good moment to where you know that they could play nice if they needed to. Uh, but just personally, it's not. This is not Lewis's cup of tea. Also, I, I don't know if Lewis has picked up that right, that uh, Jessica and Jeff Malone are sleeping together yet, or at least were. And so I think that right now he thinks everything's above board. This man from the SEC who was heavily lauded by a lot of people as like a great, uh, what is it, a, a great prosecutor. Um, you know, he's there and he rightfully earned the job. Now, if, if Lewis finds out that there was a sexual relationship between Jessica and uh, and Malone, maybe he starts to feel differently. And, you know, there's a little bit more tension there. We just we've yet to see it. OK. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who gets the Liddy today? Um, I don't know. Um... Mike Ross does a good thing. Mike Ross does make a name for himself. He, he threw um, the papers in the air. I can't, he I threw can't the reward papers. that. But he came back from it. You know, he threw the papers in the air. He got to throw his whole tantrum, but then he ultimately got the better of Harvey. Look, 
He's Buster Douglas versus Mike Tyson. And people counted uh, Buster Douglas out again. This man had no, like, no hope in the world for uh for beating Mike Tyson at all. I think like, what I said, the odds were like 42 to 1 or something like that. Uh Tyson legit did not even take him seriously. And he's like, oh, calling him an amateur. And he didn't even sleep the night before the fight. He was like, if I didn't sleep for five weeks, I could beat this guy. Uh, you know, and so. Buster Douglas is not a bad comparison for Mike Ross in this episode. If not Mike, then who? Mm-hmm. Donna? This was solid for Donna. Donna did flip Lewis into kind of having like a better day. She goes and tells a story about how when she was in college or whatever, she she had auditioned for Ophelia in Hamlet and she lost to some uh, understudy and she preyed on that woman's downfall until basically that woman lost a loved one and then Donna felt really bad. She did, however, get the spot as Ophelia. As the understudy, she did get it. And she ended up giving Lewis a framed picture of her as Ophelia later on. So she did some good work. Mm -hmm. Is Harvey in consideration? No, Harvey lost. He he lost, lost, but he didn't act like a jerk. uh, And he took it well. And he seemed (laughs) proud of Mike, uh, even though, like, he did not, like, tell Mike, like, you get the out of my office. Yeah. Oh, so like as a teacher, you know, like he's able to look down at his pupil and say, like, yeah, look at him growing like up. He was able he's- to maturely deal with like he's dealing with a lot of like uh like uh what what was the term that uh, Lewis used uh of crowing Cox? cocks uh between yeah, crowing cocks. Logan and Mike and like I feel like that he's handling everything very professionally and above board. Cox everywhere. It's mm-hmm. Bukaki. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, uh, this is a definitely a good episode for Harvey. Yeah, I'd be willing to give it to Harvey. It's either Harvey or Mike. With the exception and it just of depends how much Jessica is getting banged. He loves talk again. What is this? I'm, m- Rob, am I tripping? These t- these two are they are too close, Rob. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not too close to you. This is not an issue for you. <laughs> Jessica said to him, "Like, hey, you better watch it, white boy." <laughs> it's like, oh my god, right? Where, where did that come from, Rob? You and I've been podcasting for a very long suits. time. She's never, <laughs> yeah. There's not been a race joke between the two of them, and now all of a sudden, you're like, oh, what are you up to, white boy? <laughs> I'm like, white boy. It, like, I thought I was like, is that a reference to something? Like, aside from you know, obviously him referencing him being white. Like, is that a, a television reference? Is he playing funky music? He he could well well his dad definitely mm-hmm. did. Um, yeah, maybe it's a pop culture reference, and there's like a, a movie where someone calls somebody a white boy. Whatever helps you sleep at night, white boy. Um, it was so odd. It just came out of nowhere. It's just, yeah, it's, um, we've never. I mean, they have they have scenes together in every single episode. I mean, like we haven't seen that before. Yeah, but they're always flirting. I don't care what no mm. one says. These two people, they 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 need to just go ahead and do it. Mm. See if Jessica get a hall pass or something like that. Between partners, I, I make it a company retreat or something like that. Because why are you talking to your boss about banging so much? She's like, say banged again. He's like, Ugh, I'm not going to say it because I'm afraid of you. But I, I've been thinking it really hard. You know, so it's like, dang, Jessica. She's like, all right, white boy. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh, okay. HR, 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 Toby, mm-hmm. you know, so, somebody. Right, do so, something. I mean, who gets the, the Lydia, all those people? Uh, give it to Harvey. What, to what Harvey. the hell? Yeah. For different reasons than he normally does. Okay. Uh, from different for, reasons it, it, than he normally does. For, yeah, on an episode where he takes an L to be able to handle it maturely. I feel like that that's growth from Harvey. The bar is in hell. Bar. Okay. <laughs> 
All right. Um, we've t- mentioned uh, some of the references that were from uh, this episode. Um, we, uh, I guess that um, Lewis talked about Jared from Subway. Yeah. Um, what did he say about Jared's pants? Yeah, they, they didn't fit <laughs> it, anymore. Yeah. I think this is pretty yeah. uh, bad stuff about Jared. Um, yeah, yeah, at least knowing it. Yeah. And then also. Uh, we got some mention of like Harvey taking Mike to Disneyland and Mike would wear the ears. It would be embarrassing. He would. He would wear the ears. Uh, and Mike Harvey would love adult. that. You know, yeah. He is. He is. Uh, also, last episode, I did not I did not flag up Harvey's snatched little waistcoat. Again, uh, Navi's put it on my radar and I'm so I'm, post- I'm t- keeping internal waistcoat count. Um, there's a lot of slow motion walking. A lot of that going on. I'm telling you, they, they're trying to change the vibe of this show. It's a, it's very much like a luxury car commercial now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's get to yeah. some of the feedback. All right, Angela Taylor has some feedback about season four and says that season three felt kind of heavy. I watched the first uh, couple of episodes of season four and found myself laughing at the goofy stuff again. I love the bits of absurd worked into the show. Did you feel like that season three felt heavy to you? I think so. They were under siege for a very long time. You know, there was a lot of like murder going yeah. on with the bribing of the terrorists and stuff like that. Like aside from the Lewis being uh, wacky about the cat, but that there was really, the really like a lot of levity. Season three and season four, they felt that and Lewis was like really, I felt like the villain of the back half of season three. That's true. Those last couple episodes when Lewis is, uh, you know, a dog with a bone after uh, Mike Ross. Uh, yeah, there, there's no more levity there. So I think even that was very serious. Yeah. yeah so I think both both halves of season three kind of, you know, put some weight on us. But season four does feel like it's a little lighter. Like I said, a lot more innuendo. We're back to a lot of that. Uh, a lot of, you know, um, you know, there's like a love triangle going on or potentially or whatever this is. There's some drama with the Logan, Mike, Rachel of it all. But no one is on Mike's tail, like as far as like outing his secret. Nobody's about to go to jail, you know, uh, right? This is very much just like, um, you know, spy versus spy in a lot of ways. And it's a lot more fun. Okay. But then we also got a piece of feedback from Lindsay who says, I just have a comment about this episode. It has to be arguably one of the best lines in scripted television history with Lewis saying, I eat, you know what, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I will fight anyone over this. It is hilarious, outlandish, memorable, and just damn brilliant. Yeah, Jeff Jeff Malone is like, Lewis, did you did you hear that part where you just said you eat cock for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? And Lewis is like, you goddamn right I do. It's like, oh, well, yeah, he's, ten toes down. Yeah, and then he's like, made those like mouth noises. He's like, and it's, it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Jameis Winston with the W's. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Chappelle, anything else about uh, what's going on here in season four, episode two? No, this is good. Again, this is the type of suits drama I like. I like it when it's lighter, when it's easy, like popcorn television. You watch it and you like you want to know what's going to happen next, but you're not on the edge of your seat thinking that somebody's life is in danger or that everyone's about to go to prison. And so uh, this this is fun. You know, I, I want to know what happens with Jessica and Jeff Malone because I just I have a hard time seeing that this is going to stay professional only. Jeff Malone is a uh, he's got his eyes on Jessica, man. He's not going to let go of this suit so easily. And then, uh, of course, you know, we got some Mike, Rachel, Logan stuff coming up. So I think a lot of intrigue going into season four, episode three. Okay. 
All right. Uh, fun stuff. Looking forward to getting into episode three of the season four. And uh, before you know it, uh, you know, we're, we're flying through all this. I guess this is like our season long arc going on here with uh, the Logan Sanders of it all. Yeah, fl- flying through season uh, four. I mean, maybe by the time we get to the midseason, it switches up. But I'm enjoying Logan Sanders as a bad guy. He hasn't done anything despicable yet, and so uh, I-, I don't have a hard like a hard time watching the fight here. I- yeah, obviously I have a rooting interest in Mike and Harvey, but uh, they're they're op- opposite sides of this one. And so uh, right now, I think I'm Team Harvey and Logan for the time being. But I'm sure he'll do something to piss me off. So all right, anything else today, Chappelle? Nope, that's it. Follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show. All right, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. I'm at Rob Sestronino. Take care. Have a good one. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.